and welcome to Futures Focus, a fantasy baseball podcast centering around all the top prospects in the game, brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez, and joining me per usual is Nate Eckert. We are coming here to you after a week off. We had our little spring break, and uh, Nate, I'm sure you went down to Cancun, and uh, hopefully there's no videos <laughs> No videos that surface of you we don't have to worry about, right? We don't want to have to get another co-host. And no, actually it was Cabo, and I'm pretty sure that my handler took care of all that stuff. So we're good. That's excellent. Yes, we are back here, refreshed and ready to go. I think it was a good time to take a break as we have a little bit more data on in uh, these prospects that are in the majors, and especially now in the minor leagues, where we have closer to 60 at-bats for some of these guys. And some of them... Big guys that were hurt, like Ellie De La Cruz, have made their debuts. We even have some promotions to talk about. Andrew Abbott, um, Gavin Williams, and a couple that even have promoted all the way to the big league. So we are going to get mm-hmm. to going over all of that, of course. But the uh, the other part of the episode is going to be kind of fun. We have a, a special segment here, and we got some listener tweets at us about um, some of the worst and best trades in Dynasty Leagues that they have ever done. And we're going to go way back. I have one that's all the way from, I'm assuming, 1994, 1995. (laughs) Um, We have some of yours. We have some of mine. And there are some good and there are some horrendous. And we are are here to share. So if you have made a bad trade in the past and you felt like you didn't want to play anymore, you don't want to trade, (laughs) hopefully we can make you feel better and perhaps even inspire you that you can make that awesome trade. Um, And the other thing we're going to work on today is reworking the top 10 to 15 prospects. And when I say updating them, we're going to get rid of all the guys that have made their major league debuts. So your Jordan Walkers, your Volpes, your Gunners, all of that. And we're going to see kind of who it falls down to now. And we'll, we'll do a draft sort for that with Nate and myself. So big episode here in terms of a content, we're going to, Try to get through it as fast as possible so we can keep it under an hour. No promises. I'm probably uh, setting us up for an hour and a half here, but we'll see what we can do. <laughs> All right, let's get started with the news and notes. We do have like two weeks worth of news and notes to get to, but uh, let's go ahead and start with the biggest news. I think maybe out of all of this was the demotion of Jordan Walker. Now, It wasn't necessarily because he was playing terribly. Um, He was hitting the ball on the ground a lot. And his BABIP did suggest that that was his average was going to come down. But it's more that the Cardinals are just so crowded everywhere they go with Newt Barr coming back. And you have Burleson and the rest. uh, Carlson's playing pretty well. So there's just not a lot of room for Walker. Can't play third with Nolan Arenado there. So... First of all, Nate, was this a surprise to you? Uh, do you think this is the right call? Just your overall thoughts on this situation now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was surprised, firstly. Uh, I was shocked, actually. Um, I mean, shocked in the sense that I didn't think that it would come this early. I figured they would give Walker at least, you know, a full month or two even. Um but I guess the uh, I guess the the skeptic in me wasn't all that surprised because MLB organizations have been pulling this type of junk for you know 
decades and you know it just happens that's just the way that it is it's the bigs they gotta win they gotta win now and yada yada but it was more so the reasoning behind it that irked me uh walker was sent down to work on swinging more with uh, more loft in his swing he was hitting the ball on the ground at a higher clip than i guess the cardinals were hoping for Uh, first of all the Cardinals drafted him in the first round, and they've been watching him ever since they drafted him. So they know what they're getting with Jordan Walker and his swing. If anybody should know what his swing looks like, it would be the Cardinals and their development team, correct? Uh, why he has to go down to AAA to work on that swing is another question I really have no idea what the answer is to. Because – He'd already shown that he could survive in the bigs and not just survive. I mean, the, the kids, the kids uh, hard hit rate was in the upper like 15 percentile. So he's just hitting the ball on the ground a little more than they wanted to. But I don't think he needs to be sent down to work on that. I get the fact that it's crowded, but really like Burleson did come up and and has played a lot better than uh i think a lot of people thought he would uh that guy just can flat out hit so but still with the dh and everything i just have a really hard time uh accepting the fact that walker needed to go down and so quickly you know he's 20 years old I, and i get that but at the same time you know what are you going to do to this kid's confidence what are you going to do to uh what if he comes up, you know, six months from now or next year or whenever it is that he comes up and he has a bad couple of first weeks and he thinks again to himself, oh, I'm going to get sent back down again. And he just starts developing a complex. And I don't know. I just don't like the way that they started his career. Um it's almost like they did it for the fans and then they just they pulled the plug on him once like that that uh shiny new toy had been played with a few times and now it's got a dent or two and instead of you know sticking with it they're just gonna throw it away and by no means are they throwing away jordan walker you know what i mean it's just it felt premature it is premature and the cardinals i know they pride themselves on player development they could still do that at the major league level. You know, there are hitting coaches (laughs) and he can put in time in the cages before and after games and during games. And if they expect him to improve upon his loft and his swing so that he could do it in the bigs, why not leave him in the bigs where he can practice against the big league pitchers? It just, to me, it, it just seems, uh, like the reasoning behind it was, I don't know, just whack. <laughs> Personally, yeah. I, di- I didn't like it move at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you made your point very clear with all of that. I think it's an interesting idea that they brought him up to please the fans. I thought that was a interesting take on that and perhaps true that they didn't want to be yelled at for Jordan. But I I don't think anybody was going to question them if they kept him down as a 20-year-old and 
You know, I know Newbar got hurt right away, but still, he was in the starting lineup opening day. I don't know, it's a complicated situation. We'll see. We want to see Walker back up. He does need to lift the ball more. That definitely needs to take place. And there was regression coming too. So perhaps they're trying to get ahead of that. And, you know, maybe they do think that these guys give them the best. But I think a trade's coming soon with some of these guys. And pitching's coming back to the Cardinals. They desperately need something in that rotation. So that's probably where this is heading. But speaking of some nice pitching, let's talk about that Golden Star organization known as the Cleveland Guardians and the two prospects that were brought up for their Major League debuts, both excellent. And I want to know who you're more excited about moving forward. Um, And that was Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen. Both had fantastic starts. I know Bybee gets a little bit more press. So he's the obvious answer. I get it. But man, Logan Allen's been doing his thing and been striking out a lot of people at a very impressive clip for a long time, a little under the radar. So of those two, what do you, who are you excited for? And don't forget Gavin Williams also on the way, probably pretty close as well. Yeah, it's crazy. The, the guardians, it's just like the rich are getting richer as far as their pitching staff is concerned. Their starting pitching is absurd. Um, I'm more excited for Bybee only because, uh, his stuff is so phenomenal and I'm not taking anything away from Logan Allen because I love Logan Allen as well. I picked, I was able to get ahead and pick both of those guys up in my redraft league. And I started them straight out of the gate and I was more than pleased because I know the guardians, if there's anything that that organization can do, it's pitching. I mean, they've proven it year after year, after year, after year. So Bybee's uh, slide piece is so filthy. It looks like a curveball. It's got so much loop to it, so much like just death. <laughs> you know, it starts at the guy's head, ends up down by the by his ankles. He's pumping in 95, 96, you know, and his control is excellent. I remember when Bybee was first uh, drafted, he was getting a lot of comps with uh, Shane Bieber because his control was so phenomenal. Um, and then he started pumping in 96, 97, you know, uh, with ease. So once I saw that, you know, we were talking about velocity bumps and, and how much it can do for a pitcher and, and his confidence. Um, we were talking about Libertor. Uh, something very similar to that happened with Bybee. And uh, I think the sky's the limit for him and Allen. Allen is uh, – he also – Fills the strike zone uh, from that left hand with that left handed uh, uh, delivery of his. It's very sh- it's very uh, simple to the point. And I love his riser. He's got a great four seam that he just shoves right up those hitters nostrils when he wants to. You know, it's a beautiful thing to see the control in such a young pitcher's arm. It's it, it's quite exciting. Uh, and I love both of them. And to think that Gavin Williams is right around the corner and he's basically just dominating every single step of the way. It, it's it's like, where are they, where are they going to put these guys? You know, is Shane Bieber going to end up being their closer? You know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Logan Allen a lot. When you take a look at his strikeouts in the minor leagues, 20 over 14 innings this year, 73 um, over 59 innings in AAA last year. ERA was high in that in that time, so he, he did make the adjustment back to AAA. Very impressive. Yeah, you just have to trust a Guardians pitcher when they come up. 
and yep. advantage, you know, just take advantage when you can. Although we've had some, the Hunter Gaddises and the Peyton Batonfields of the world sort of not deliver as well. So it's not miracle working, but if they're a decent pedigree, go for it. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Also wanted to mention Brett Beatty for the Mets was called up um, since our last podcast. Uh, definitely a little bit overdue, especially uh-huh. since, you know, if you're going to have Jordan Walker in the big leagues right away and and the Mets are going to choose Escobar over Beatty. But <laughs> finally, they make the decision and he's playing every day and looks really, really good. He's hitting over 300 right now, had a three hit game on Thursday uh, nothing really suggests that uh, there's anything to worry about here. So what's the ceiling here for Brett Beatty in 2023 for you? Uh, I think Beatty is, I think he's going to hit 25 home runs w- without even thinking twice about it. Uh, I could see 280 a- as a-, a ceiling for his average. And uh, I could also see him driving in a hundred runs this year with that Mets lineup. I mean, they're pretty loaded in New York. Uh, Beatty, all he had to do, you know, to get called up this year was go nuclear and hit like four grand slams in two days. You know, it was just insane what he was doing. But I guess that's what you have to do to force force a GM's hand. And he did it. And uh, luckily for for Beatty and for the Mets fans, you know, they finally were able to get it. So. Uh, Beatty's a damn good hitter from that left-hand side. He's a hit first, power second, but he's a big kid, and he's only going to get bigger. So anywhere between 25 to 30 home runs, I'd say 280 is a good uh, estimate at his average, and I could see him hitting in 100 uh, runs this year. Oof, that would be uh, pretty impressive if he can do that, especially after the late start to the season. He is batting, what, in the, the sixth hole or so. That lineup is stacked, but um, so I don't think he's moving up anytime soon. And after Alonzo hits a home run, you got to hope the, the one guy gets in front of him. Because Alonzo's <laughs> that's a good point. In. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Let's go to kind of some quick hitters here. Um, there's one more prospect call up. He doesn't get the same love that these other guys Uh, do in the industry but i love him you know uh, i love him it's joey ortiz got the call up to the orioles so he's sort of on pace for my prediction of 130 games started um, Mm -hmm. off to a decent start went one for three with three rbis in his debut got robbed of another hit we'll see what he does out there i they had him at second and then mateo at short now i'm no expert on jorge mateo but (laughs) i do know that joey ortiz is a fantastic defender and i'm i'm curious Mm -hmm. Um, there's probably there's people smarter than me that that understand. I think it, it's probably the idea that Ortiz is going to be this utility guy and move around and take uh, you know a gunner uh, against a tough lefty. Ortiz can go play third and and vice versa for you know mm-hmm. second base and maybe in the outfield. So, um, might, but nice to see him get called up. Hopefully he stays up. Um, I. Don't think we had Zach Neto. Was that before our last podcast? I think everybody by now knows Zach Neto and and kind of that's a cool story. We don't have to talk about too much. Um, I think it's a little early for him, but regardless, he's up to 250 now. So he looks mm-hmm. okay. Um, and then two prospects debuted that I'm very excited about, and that is Ellie De La Cruz. We'll get to him a little bit later, I would imagine, in this podcast. <laughs> but the one I wanted to talk about is Christian. Encarnacion Strand. 
Um, this guy, man, I'm, oh my goodness. So he had a killer spring and was hurt, which was unbelievable. He was basically hurt so much that he had to go on, you know, the injured list at the start of the minor league season, despite playing in spring training, he's back April 23rd and took him a little while. Well, he went two for five in his first game back. Then he went over then five for six, two home runs, six RBIs. He's now up to 474 with three home runs and eight RBIs in his four games that he's played at triple A. Like, there's a lot to be excited about this guy. And I still think that you could get him. I mean, it's going to be hard and you're going to have to get lucky. But, man, I am I think I'm buying high even on him right now. What do you think? He's uh, there's the, the Reds don't have a lot of roadblocks for him. No, they don't. I mean, who's in, who's in his way right now? Like Spencer Steer. I got Steer uh, and Jose Barreo, and mm-hmm. I mean the option Vossler down. So there's yeah. plenty of at bats to go around. Definitely, he'll get up. I mean, he'll probably get a call in in a month and a half, maybe less than that. Uh, he's he's big league ready for sure. Six foot two twenty four. Woo! That is one. That is one powerful. <laughs> Powerful and body right there. He looks yoked too. It's a strong 220. Mm, he looks well, yeah, very strong. Six foot 224, just solid. I mean that that's that's got third base uh, monster written all over him. Yeah, and first base too. I mean Votto is on his way back, but who knows with him? And yeah, his future yeah. obviously is not going to get uh, in the way. So. <laughs> All right, there's our news and notes. I know we missed a lot. It's been two weeks, so my apologies. I try to get more of the recent stuff. No need to talk about stuff that happened two weeks ago. You probably have already heard it on another podcast or read about it somewhere else or even on our website, perhaps. So let's get to the meat and potatoes, if you will, of today's podcast. And that is going to start with our reworking and updating of the top 10. Let's do top 16 we'll do top 16 prospects that gives us eight <laughs> picks each in this little draft that we're doing mm-hmm. and as a reminder if you're if you fast forward to the news and notes or you missed this we're going to eliminate all the major league prospects even if they have one or two at bats so that's not going to take away a lot of the guys that you know like joey ortiz is not making the top 15 probably i would imagine but, you know, I'm looking at these lists all around and I'm just, OK, Gunner and Jordan Walker, like Jordan Walker is going to be eligible now still for a lot of lists. Like, OK, well, we got it. We, we know who Jordan Walker is right now. But let's go ahead and do a draft on non-major league debuted minor league players and we'll see where we're at. We'll kind of make a top 16 list of Nate and Alex and represent prospects 1500 the best that we can. So I'm a gentleman. I will let you go first. We're not going to snake this or anything. We're working together in a sense. But if you had right now to the first pick in a dynasty draft, and then we'll keep this dynasty focused, and you could pick any minor leaguer that has no major league experience, who are you going to take? Hmm. I'm taking – I have to go with Ellie. I have to go with Ellie De La Cruz. In my opinion, his ceiling is easily – the highest amongst uh, any minor leaguer right now. Uh, I'm just so excited to see what this kid has to do, or, you know, is going to do, um, not only at AAA, but in the bigs when he gets there. Uh, everything about this kid screams superstar 
And I, I just hope that he stays healthy and everything is on the same track. Uh, I, I have to go with Ellie. If I don't take Ellie, uh, you know, I, I would, I would, he would be right. my next I'm just pick too. So, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah I, I take him three times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Um, he had a, a slow start his first couple of games back, but he had a monster game with, what was he? Four for five. He had everything but the Homer for the cycle. He's, he's stolen some bases. So um, he's going to be, just fine. The strikeouts are the only thing I want to keep keep tabs on. That might just delay his progress to the big leagues, but certainly he's my number one. He's your number one. Now, number two. Depending on how I'm feeling, this pick probably would change at different points of the day even. That's how close mm-hmm. it is. I think, though, if I'm in a dynasty league, in terms of the ETA of these three that are in my mind, I want to tell you who they are. I'm maybe giving it away, but all three of these guys are really close in like ETA for me. So mm-hmm. I'm going to pick the guy that I believe in the most, and that's going to be Jackson Holiday. I'm going to put him up at number two. So that'll be my pick. Jackson Holiday off to a legendary start and already promoted up to high A. Everything I've seen, even at high A, just you know, it's such a small sample. I'm not going to worry about what he's doing in high A, but the things that he did in, in low A are exactly what you want to see. And then you compare him to Drew Jones and, and kind of what Drew Jones was up to. Um, and then remember the debate of who should go number one, but to hit 392 with two home runs in, in 13 games, steal three bases, have more walks and strikeouts and be 19 years old and have fantastic bloodlines. Like, I'm just going to take him because I think that he's the safest prospect that's, you know, further away than somebody else. So he's going to be my number two. Yeah. Uh, Just to piggyback on that, I completely agree with you. I was really, really, really close to taking him number one. But then I just went with Ellie because of his track record. He's just proven it a bit more than Jackson has. But you're right. Everything that you want to see from that kid with his pedigree and his number one pick and all of that. I mean, he just came out of the gate blazing, blazing saddles. So uh, very exciting stuff. Uh, good pick. Um, number three overall, I think. I think I'm on the same wavelength as you with this, Alex. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but ugh, man, I I'm just taking the guy you don't pick. So right? Yeah, that pretty much. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I'll I'll go with Jackson Cheerio. All right. Number three, and you'll go for Jordan Lawler would be my yep. next pick, no <laughs> exactly. doubt about it. Yep. Exactly. So I, I think that shows, and I'll let you talk. Uh, we've talked about Churio a lot, certainly. But I think what this does show is that there is a, a tear break here. Yes. Because yes. I, like I said, these are the three that I would pick at different times of the day, depending on if I saw a highlight or whatever. Like, that's how close they all are to me in my mind. And after that, like, nobody even gets close in my mind to... Uh, taking any of the taking taking anyone else over those three so a tear break there i think that that's a good little lesson here so um you're up again 
for the fifth overall prospect in Major League Baseball that doesn't have any Major League experience. So I'm very mm-hmm. interested to see who you go with next here. Yeah, because you're right, uh, completely right. It is. It definitely falls off, and um, now I'm left with a big decision. So let's see here. I am going to go with the guy who I think is probably the best pure hitter that's left in the minors other aside from the guys that we've already mentioned and some could say it's a bit overzealous um when compared to other names but i'm just gonna roll with it anyway and he's a washington state cougar i'm gonna go with kyle manzardo number five overall it's quite a jump for him i think you know, a top five prospect for him and, and being a first baseman is very high praise for what you think of both his hit tool. And I think the power is maybe what's impressing you as well, that we didn't think that power would show up. But it's there. Yeah, he's 22. He's at AAA. He's already got five bombs. I mean, we, we already knew that he could hit. His, his slugging percentage is 561 at AAA and his on-base percentage is 367. So... His K rate right now at AAA as a 22-year-old is 15.2%, and his walk rate is 12.7%. So let the kid get another month under his belt. I mean, he's only going to continue doing what he's already what are what he's already done thus far. And you know, when I meant overzealous, there are obvious names that you could mention. Like uh, I'd say Marcelo Mayer would have been one of them or, uh, you know, uh, one of the pitchers, uh, Painter. But I, I believe in the Rays, for one, and the Rays almost exclusively seem to have pitching prospects that are just leaps and bounds better than uh, other than the Guardians, pretty much every other pitching uh, system in baseball. But then once you get a position player that's up in that upper echelon of the Rays organization, you got to take note. I mean, Curtis Mead is another name, but yeah. like w- Wander Franco, it, it, you know, Manzardo is the real deal. And uh, I think he deserves it. Yeah, he's uh, five home runs, 300. Average with a 386 on base, 12% walk rate, 15% strikeout rate for a 22-year-old in AAA. That is really, really appealing. So, well done. Um, the next pick for me, and honestly, I think there might be another tier break after Manzardo because I don't think my guy is very close. And I could go with maybe three or four guys here. So maybe there is another tier or maybe Manzardo yeah. does belong in that Lawler Churio stage, but I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. This is more based on what they're doing this year for me in this pick. And that's Evan Carter. I'm going to put yep. him at six. He has yep. a 333, 500, 550 slash line with a 22% walk rate, which is not a surprise. 
That's what he does. And he has four home runs and three stolen bases. And oh, yeah, he's 20 years old in double A doing this. So <laughs> the I don't know what is to not like in this profile right now. The only thing that people maybe could have pointed out is that, you know, he had 15 homer type of power and maybe he still does. But I'm so OK with him having 15 homer power if he's going to hit. 300 and walk 450 maybe mm-hmm. even and mm-hmm. steal 25 bases and not strike out and score a ton of runs. And I just think that, you know, some of the other top prospects that you could pay. And I think we can mention them now. We're not going to, they're so, but like Tamar Johnson and Jackson Merrill and uh, Drew Jones, these guys are off to pretty poor starts. Does that, do mm-hmm. I think they're out of the top 15? No. But I think that I'm going to they're close enough that if you're having a fantastic start with age, like you're so under age for that level. That's what I'm starting to really um, look for is if you're under age by a year or two and you're putting up amazing stats like this, it just I got to get as many shares as I can. But unfortunately, it's going to be hard to do now. But I'll have Evan Carter at number six. And it's now your pick at number seven. Yeah, and just just to add on to you, that's probably who I was also thinking of with Manzardo. Like I wanted to say Carter, but man, you really got me on that Carter hype train, and now I feel like I'm like the conductor because that kid is the real deal. I mean, his uh, you already just went over everything, so I I agree with that pick a thousand percent. So well done. Um. I like Carter a lot, and I do think that he – I think that Carter and uh, Manzardo could be in the same tier because he's only uh, – what would you say, 20? 20 yeah. years old in double-A doing that? Yikes. You know, that's just crazy because the next name I'm going to say, I don't think he's uh, on the same level as those two, but – I'll read you his stats, and there's really nothing other than his strikeout rate. There's really nothing else that this kid can do uh, aside from break uh, the bigs and and then just continue to do what he's doing right now. Ronnie Mauricio, mm. 22, <laughs> AAA, six bombs, seven doubles, one triple, 30 hits. Four steals, hitting thir- 345. He ha- he does strike out. He's got a bit of a clip, 21.5%. Doesn't walk a whole lot. He's definitely a free swinger. Uh, but his slugging percentage is 655. And his on-base percentage is 387. And his OPS is 1042. Now, this kid was really young when he started getting a lot of press. And when he was really young, the Mets gave him really aggressive assignments. And he had growing pains, for sure. I think that's why, Alex, you didn't like him that much. And to be honest, I didn't like him all that much either, like a couple of years ago. However, the kid has grown through those growing pains. And this is now a grown man, no longer a kid. <laughs> hmm. I mean, the body on this dude is is crazy. It he is. just he stands he stands in the box and you just it looks like he's gonna take the catcher's head off because his arms are so long he he reaches every part of the strike zone 
with ease. He has 16 RBIs already. So I'm going with Ronnie Mauricio. Yeah, um, I don't know if I can float him up that high, but I would certainly start to consider him in the, well, I don't know. I'd have to see if we eliminated all the major leaguers, maybe in the 30s and 40s. His proximity is the big selling point, although the Mets have shown that they're not going to just throw these guys in there. And there isn't really a lot of space when you have Beatty in there and Alvarez, who's going to probably take some DH spots. Like, I don't know where Mauricio is going to play. Yeah, a lot, on but... top of that, I can answer I can answer that one for you, Alex, because okay. I just I just read a report that uh, said um, uh, Showalter was on record saying that they're going to they're going to start playing Mauricio at, at all sorts of different positions, uh, even the outfield. So they're, they're looking to get him up quick. He's exciting. Very, very much so. But uh, I'm going to take a pitcher here and it's really, really close with another guy. I'm um, actually two other guys. And I'm wondering if you're going to take one of those other two. But I'm going to take Yuri Perez with Grayson now graduated and. You have some injury concerns with Andrew Painter, although it is sort of trending to be positive. He threw from 90 feet, which is good. But um, with, you know, Gavin Stone is another top pitching prospect that I would consider pretty, pretty soon in all of these. Um, Gavin Williams, surely as well. But I think I'm going to go Yuri. I still like what he's doing in the minors. He just had a start the other night. Um, let me pull that up here. Where did he go? Yuri, there you are. So he's up to, uh, he has a 2-7 ERA right now and 20 innings, 22 strikeouts. And don't forget, he is 20 years old. So for me, pitchers that are even at that two to three year under the expected age for a level is even more impressive than a hitter. I think that takes a lot to do. And his last start, very impressive. Five Ks, only gave up two hits, one earned run. It was a home run um, over six innings. So one, one, Okay start with seven strikeouts, gave up four, but the other three, he's only given up a total of two runs. So as a 20-year-old for the Marlins, I'm going to I'm gonna have to take him number eight here. Nice. I like it. Um, okay, number nine, I am going to stick with the hitters, and I'm going to take the outfielder. In the Baltimore system, Colton Kowser, mm. number nine overall. Triple A, 23. He's got a 293 average. His K to walk ratio, 23% to 17%. Not too shabby. Um, slugging 500. Has a 420 on base percentage. That's a 920 OPS for everyone keeping score at home. Four bombs, one triple, three doubles, 24 hits. Uh, I love Kowser. Uh, I have ever since they drafted him. He's just got a lot of five-tool stuff written all over him. Uh, hit first kind of guy who reminds me a lot of like uh, Christian Yelich. Um, I think he's just solid throughout. And um, Baltimore knows what they're doing. And... Uh, yeah, I like I like Kowser, number nine overall. Yeah, I, I definitely was considering Kowser as well. So 
I think that's really good. And he doesn't have to deal with all the other middle infield prospects since he's right. an outfield prospect for the Orioles. And that's surely going to get him up. He has basically, you know, Kyle Stowers to worry about. And that's it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty much the only competition. Whereas Joey Ortiz has a Westberg who has Norby, who has uh, who else is down there? I'm missing. I'm missing one off the top of my head. Oh, Jackson, but he's not coming up. But uh, yeah, so yeah, very interesting. All right, let's go ahead and let's get through ten rapid fire, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll go over the list in in whole, and we can mention one or two that we like. Okay, so are you ready for kind of the rapid fire back half, and we'll get to uh, to sixteen here? Okay. Yes, yes, sir. So it's my pick. Um, just I'm gonna go with Curtis Mead. Proximity, K rate's okay. Not a great start, but still nothing too damaging. I'll go him at number 10. Nice. Uh, number 11, I'm taking my first pitcher, Ricky Tiedemann. In my opinion, uh, he is the best left-handed pitcher in minor league baseball, and uh, I love him. I'm going to go James Wood next. Um, only thing missing in his start right now is power and the K rates up a little bit, but again, 20 years old, I will certainly take him number 12, probably should put him up a little higher when I'm looking back on this, but uh, I'll take wood here at number 12. Nice. Number 13, I'm going to take Marcelo Mayer. Um, he's only, I mean, compared to the names that we've already mentioned, uh, he's only at high single A advanced. Um, but he's still doing really well. He's only 20. I think he just turned 20. Uh, I don't know. The kid is super solid and he's only going to get better. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to go with Andrew Painter here. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take the risk that the injury is okay. And even if you told me he's having Tommy John tomorrow, he's so young. I'm willing to wait for him. I think. I don't love it. Okay. But I would. <laughs> All right. Last All right. pick for you. All right. Uh, I was going to go with a pitcher, but no, I'll stick with my hitters. Uh, Sal Frelick. That's my pick. Uh, stud, Milwaukee Brewers outfielder. You're, you're welcome, David. Smell <laughs> <laughs> really. And I'm going to go with a high upside guy here that is just blowing up and uh, probably impossible to acquire right now, but it's Junior Caminero for the. Rays, the outfielder, a 19-year-old hitting 381 with five homers in high A, not low A, but in high A. So I'm going to just take the upside on him over all the other guys that are sort of struggling right now and hope that it pays off. That would be my my goal. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's take a look at this recap of a list here. Top 16, I'm liking this. I think that this is helpful right now. None of these guys are, are getting the call up tomorrow with the exception of maybe a Kowser or a Curtis Mead. I think most of these other guys are very much uh, a few months at the closest and a few years away at the longest. So we went with number one, Ellie De La Cruz, the shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds, followed by Jackson Holiday, shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. Orioles, Orioles, uh, Jackson Churio, an outfielder for the Brewers at number three, Jordan Lawler, a shortstop for the Diamondbacks at number four, Kyle Manzardo, first baseman, Rays, Evan Carter at number six, outfielder for the Rangers, number seven, Ronnie Mauricio, infielder for the Mets, Yuri Perez at number eight, a pitcher for the Marlins, Colton Kowser, outfielder. 
for the Baltimore Orioles at nine. Curtis Mead, first baseman, DH-ish. Uh, number 10, Ricky Tiedemann at number 11, left-handed pitcher for the Blue Jays. James Wood, outfielder for the Padres. I mean the Nationals, outfielder. Uh, number 13, Marcelo Meyer for the Boston Red Sox. Andrew Painter, pitcher for the Phillies. At number 14, Sal Freelich at 15 for the Milwaukee Brewers, an outfielder. And finally, an infielder, probably third baseman, Junior Caminero. All right, let's recap kind of what you learned uh, in a summary about this exercise, Nate, what mm-hmm. did you learn? Uh, first things first, there's definitely, uh, you know, how many were there? Four at the top that we decided the upper echelon yeah. of the, uh, the upper, uh, tier there's, there's that elite, uh, quadruple foursome there, um, that really has just more class, more everything than the rest. Um, and I don't think that we're off on that whatsoever. Um, but after that, there's a couple, there's a few guys I think that are really solid. And when I mean solid, I mean <laughs> number uh, six through 16 uh, overall in <laughs> in minor league baseball. So, I mean, solid is, uh, is maybe I'm underselling them a bit. Um, if I could amend... My very last pick is that is that possible, Alex? Sure. Why not? All right. Our list. I, yeah, that's true. I, I'd actually like to change mine uh, to now. This is going to be a reach, and but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to change it to Spencer Jones, first baseman Whoa. for the New York Yankees. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty crazy. You're going to make David pretty mad. Pretty mad. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Well, maybe we'll free look at uh, uh, 17. But I I, uh, I wanted to stay true to who I was going to pick. And uh, I, I saw myself going with chalk. And I, I think Jones has got um, Superstar written all over him. So, um, yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's my memory. All right. I'll uh, I'll I'll keep my eye a little bit closer on Spencer Jones because he would not have been anywhere near my top 50, maybe even so. But now that you've mentioned that, I'm going to have to keep a lookout for him. Mm-hmm. That's what you want, though. They're Yankees prospects. I'll tell you, they, they're worth twice their weight in gold. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break here and then we're going to do some fun things and some embarrassing things and also uh, <laughs> some bragging as well. We're going to go over our best and worst dynasty trades that we have made in our careers, as well as share some of our listener and other writers here at Prospects 1500 and embarrass them going over their best and worst. There's some really fun ones here and just kind of a cool way to end the episode. I hope you enjoy it, but stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. And we're back here with you is Nate Eckert, my co-host. My name is Alex Sanchez, Futures Focus here. And we're going to end our episode with some fun stuff. Hopefully you enjoy it. And again, everything we do on this podcast hopefully is to help you, the listener, in some way. The point of this is to show that prospects are a very fickle trade. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 
they can blow up in your face in good ways. They can blow up your face in horrible, terrible ways. But the only way that they can really help you is if you go and try. So I learned a few things about my dynasty trades, um, what's worked and what's not. What what I found as a pattern for me going through the past leagues, and I really started playing dynasty. Well, I played in college, and then I stopped. Um, and then I got back into it in around 2016 was when I first started. My trades back and then were really bad. So I, <laughs> I definitely learned the value of knowing the prospects. I, I knew of the prospects. I knew maybe the top 100 guy, guys when I started Dynasty Leagues. But I needed to know top 400 guys, you know? That's what I needed to do. So as I went through these trades... I learned that, you know, I got better and that that's encouraging. The, the ones that I'm going to share with you are very old and the better ones are a little bit more recent. So that's going to be interesting. When you went over your trades, Nate, what, what did you learn about this? And uh, maybe that you didn't realize as you looked at some of your best and worst. Well, <clears throat> I haven't been playing Dynasty nearly as long as you have, Alex. I've only been doing it for the past, let's see here. I started uh, the Zhao Dynasty in 2021. So since then, I've been I've been playing Dynasty, and I love everything there is to love about Dynasty Baseball. I have been playing Fantasy Baseball in a redraft league since uh, 2007, however. And I've played in multiple leagues Um from that time all the way up until now, every single year. And uh, fantasy baseball is the best. Um, Dynasty, though, I'm right there with you as far as uh, knowing that prospects are fickle. They're a fickle, fickle uh, temptress. And um, I think throughout the years, I've also become better. Now, granted, it's only been three years, but... um, if I can just uh, reference those redraft leagues that I've also uh, uh, partaken in um, my trades back at the beginning were far more conservative and they have become anything but <laughs> in, hmm. in recent years. So uh, with familiarity comes more chance, more chances and uh bigger risks and they don't always pan out (laughs) i hate to say i wish i could say that they always did but lord knows we've all we've all had that that one that just makes you cringe and uh that's what we're planning on showing you guys tonight yeah i also learned and this is probably more for me but maybe you guys are like this too out there that I would obsess over a guy that I was just a hundred percent sure. Maybe I saw him a lot mm-hmm. and that, that guy for me is going to be Jake lamb. <laughs> so back when he was sort of a thing, which is, you know, 2016, 2017, I just, I was, I was seeing what he was doing and I was convinced that he was going to learn how to hit lefties and that he was just an amazing player to have. And I became obsessed in like getting him on every team I could and that the one guy in this league where in one of these, and I'll show you, I'll tell you this trade. Maybe we'll start with that one. I, um, you know, he just would not trade Jake lamb to me and it took weeks and weeks and weeks. And I finally <laughs> just said, I, I got to have him at any cost. I'm just going to go for it. And so what I learned is that if a guy 
is not going to give you, and you know you're already losing the deal, don't go, don't go anymore. Don't, right. don't lose deals just to get your guys. I mean, lose yep. them a little bit at times, fine, but it's just it's so risky. So, um, okay, let's see. I'm going to, uh, since we, we mentioned Jake Lamb, I'll show you kind of the progression of what I did with <laughs> what Jake Lamb cost me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, another person also really liked Jake Lamb. Um, <laughs> no, nobody did. It was just me, actually. Now I'm back. <laughs> okay, so uh, the the first trade that I was able to do in 2017, we haven't <laughs> gone over any of these together, so you're you're hearing these for the first time. So my journey begins with trading <laughs> Joe Panic away. Who do you think I could have got for Joe Panic in 2017? None other than some Venezuelan named Ronald Acuna. I was able to throw Joe no. Panic and get Ronald Acuna in 2017. No, you did not. I did. Wow. That is, well, you won. <laughs> That's the winner right there. Uh, are you kidding me? Joe Panic? for that that is like that's really hard to believe but it is now for sure right of course and in 2017 uh was that his rookie year no 18 was the rookie year 17 okay was the breakout year and this was probably in the middle of that breakout where like okay this is happening but but yeah, still, Joe Panic, man, did you 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 had to have known, right, in, in that moment? No, so what? that's where the story begins with this Jake Lamb. They are related <laughs> in, in other ways, but uh oh, uh oh, yeah. So uh oh, <laughs> um, I would I would trade Acuna later for it was a deal with like Josh Donaldson and a win now move, so not yeah. not a good deal either. Um, but when I made that deal. It essentially was I was going for it that year. It didn't work. And then the next year I was in sell mode. And so I was rebuilding and I went full in on a rebuild mm-hmm. that oh, this is a true story that as soon uh, I, I rebuilt in 2018 and mm-hmm. I was able to sell the team to another owner for five hundred dollars, which was nice. You're kidding. No, true. Wow. That was a real rebuild yeah. in uh, Dynasty. The rebuild then led me to realize I needed Acuna back. And so <laughs> I won another trade for Ronald Acuna. Um, and this one was including Jake Lamb. I this You're going to like this one, too. I traded away Kevin Gosman, Jake Lamb, AJ Puck, and Jesse Winker. And I got Acuna. <laughs> and I got Carson Kelly. And I got Julio Urias. You're kidding. <laughs> what? I was able to get Acuna back. This was like... Uh, and Urias? After his rookie year, Acuna, probably. 2018. And Urias. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, so, that, again, that you won. Yeah, those are two of my favorite ones. Obviously, includes my favorite player ever. <laughs> um and, you know, you can't get Acuna now. But I, at the time, like, it did feel like I was giving up a ton for a, a rookie that, you know, 
was awesome. I don't even remember. It must have been during his rookie season too, like not his, not in the like. I remember, I remember driving and try and working out that deal too. I'll never forget it. So, anyway, those are two <laughs> of my favorites. Um, the cost that I gave for Jake Lamb, though, I'll, I'll get to in a second. I want to hear some of yours now. Okay. Um, well, uh, since we're doing Dynasty, uh, my list isn't that long. However, uh, I do have a couple cringers for you. Um, Alex and I, this was the only one that we were able to figure out together before we started the show. Um, okay. I'm admitting this on air. I don't care. All right. I traded for, no, first of all, I traded away Sheldon Nusi, Dylan Cease, and Jacob Amaya for none other than Bryce Ball, Taylor Trammell, Dalton Jeffries, and Helioit Ramos. <laughs> that's that's a tough one. That was in 2021, March 2021, mind you. So I had none of Cease. Uh, the guy that I traded to was from Chicago, and he was obsessed. Oh. And at the time, and now this is going to be the, uh, this is going to be the, <laughs> I guess the 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 phrase of the night. At the time, these prospects were top notch. However, they are prospects mm-hmm. and they can fall out of uh, favor very quickly. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I was trying to make somebody happy. That's another thing. Don't ever do <laughs> to never try and make someone else happy because it will guarantee your misery for uh, countless, countless years. Mm-hmm. So. Turns out the guy I traded him to, he he didn't even end up playing in the league the next year. So I basically just dealt away Cease yeah. for the hell of it, more or less. Uh, so yeah, that that case is interesting because you did trade him before Cease was a thing. There's no doubt. Like you traded mm-hmm. him before the 2021, 2022 breakouts for him. Certainly yeah. we saw what he could do, but. The, the case there is you traded a young up and coming guy that was in the big leagues for a bunch of young and up and coming guys that weren't in the big leagues. I think that's a good right. lesson to learn there for our listeners yep. is that that's a pretty dangerous thing. And when going back in some of these trades, the, the ones that are, are usually on my bad side are where I'm trading away guys that are close and young brother, young guys. And it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. So that proximity comes in. Um, so if you gave me a bad one, I'm going to have to continue with the Jake Lamb saga here. <laughs> please, uh, please. And here, okay, so I, I was able to turn Jake Lamb into Acuna. Don't forget. Okay, True. do not forget that. But <laughs> this was, you're going to love me for this. This is the cost that I had to give up for Jake Lamb because this mother effer would not <laughs> trade me Jake Lamb. He would not, not do it. So right. this is what I eventually paid for Jake Lamb, Ian Desmond, and Derek Law. Okay. AJ Pollock. Okay. James Paxton. Yeah. Robbie Ray. 
Oh, Juan Soto. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, and a guy named Felipe Rivera, which if you re- recognize that name, you know, you know about him. But I also gave him away in that deal. So and AJ Paul Felipe Rivera, Paxton, Vasquez. essentially Robbie Ray and Soto. Those are the two oh. that really hurt. <laughs> Jake Lamb, Ian Desmond, Derek Law. <laughs> oh, 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 yikes. You can't be obsessed with players, you know? That's why I like to... <laughs> well, this is my only dynasty league at the time, right? So right. I, I had to have You're them. obsessed. You're now, obsessed. I wouldn't do that because I have eight dynasty leagues, and I'm like, well, if I don't have Jake Lamb on all eight, that's fine, but... So play in more than one league so this doesn't happen to you. Yeah, that's the other lesson. Yeah. Yikes. All right. I have a couple of listener ones I want to go over mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So this is actually from a writer with Prospects 1500. He's been on the podcast a few times. It's my favorite one out of all of these. And I'm going to go ahead and read the story that comes with it because that's the best part. Mm-hmm. Um, although the, the the obsession for Jake Lamb is fun, too. I mean, there's no doubt. Oh, that's that. Is, hey, Jake Lamb is still around. He's still playing. Yeah, he is. He was on the Dodgers not long ago. Yeah, he's been I, on every, he I was can't. on the Braves, too. The Braves got him. Yeah. Uh, Angels. Okay, so. This is from Daniel Victor. Daniel Victor is our Chicago White Sox correspondent. Great guy. He's been around baseball a long, long time. Okay, so I'm going to just read what he sent me. He says, I remember talking to Latroy Hawkins once, and I asked him who was the toughest guy he had ever faced in the minors. (laughs) He told me it was Brian Hunter of the Astros. At the same time, (laughs) I had a young player. I'm not going to give it away yet. Based on LaTroy Hawkins' scouting report, I offered this young player for the promising Brian Hunter. Hunter got traded away to the Tigers, which made it worse because this was an NL-only league. (laughs) So no, couldn't use him anymore. And that young player, Hall of Famer, Chipper Jones. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. For nothing. Yeah. All because of the Troy Hawkins said Brian Hunter was hard to get out. <laughs> Good old Troy Hawkins. Oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry, Vicky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. brother. I mean, there's a lesson, too. I, I, You talk to minor leaguers, and, yeah, they know what they're talking about, for sure. Like, how to throw mm-hmm. a baseball, how to hit a baseball. Um, mm-hmm. But they, they only know what's around them, right? <laughs> had Latroy Hawkins ever faced Chipper Jones would be Chipper the question Jones. I'd want, you know, if he <laughs> never faced him. Question. Yeah. If he never faced him, you know, I don't know if you want to use minor leaguers as a basis of dynasty trades. <laughs> um, all right. I have one from our CEO, Scott uh, Green, the boss man, boss man, yeah. Scotty ball this game. One, yeah. This one involves a hall of famer too, but in this case he is trading away an aging Hall of Famer, 35-year-old Vladimir Guerrero for a couple of prospects, one of them being Chris Withrow and the other being Mike Trout. No. So Scott Green was able to pull in a Mike Trout in uh, 2010. Wow. Dynasty League. This is how you do it, honestly. Like, you trade away your 30-plus-year-old guys, and and you get as many prospects as you can in deals. That's We don't need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> right. 
Like, right. don't don't do obsession led trades. Don't be nice <laughs> to your league mates. Yep, yep. Just yep. trade away your old guys and get as many young guys as you can, and some of them mm-hmm. will hit, and you, you'll get Mike Trout sometimes. That's <laughs> nice. Yep, yep. Um, that's great, man. Yeah, we have one here from uh, Doctor Doctor Mister MD at Twitter. He gave a, a response. <laughs> This so is this was in, in 2017 before the big breakout. It was Billy Hamilton and Marcus Stroman for Christian Yelich, which at the time probably Ooh. seemed like a pretty even deal. And then Yelich blew up and won a couple MVP or well, one MVP. And uh, yeah, you got you got a lot of value out of that one. So that was a, a oh, very yeah. good one. But I don't want very good ones anymore. Screw that. Those are <laughs> too easy. Yeah. Just give All right. us the just give us the dreadful ones. Yeah, I have I have a lot of bad ones here. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Um how many bad ones do you have to share? Well, can I share from my redraft league? And I could give you the context and they are bad. Yeah. Sure. Give me give All me right. one of your bad ones from a redraft. Those are all we can we can see what those sound like. All right. I want to so listen, listen to this. Listen to this. It's just last year. 2022, uh, and it's uh, late May. I traded four because I needed a bat. I traded four Marcelo Zuna. Oh, no. <laughs> That's already Yes, <laughs> I know. I know. And I traded away, and the time matters. On May 19th. Sure. Traded traded away Tony Gonsolin. Hmm. Who happened to go on and go 16 and 1 with the 214 ERA and a 0.87 whip. So there's there's a great lesson here, too, even if it's redraft. And here it is. Don't trade away your favorite team's players (laughs) players <laughs> well yeah or a team that you that you really follow a lot because i knew a yeah. lot about gonsolin but that was the thing this is this also comes into play is w- at the time all of april gonsolin had uh four starts and i don't think he was making it past the fifth inning because i think he was coming back from an injury and uh by the end of april he had 13 strikeouts and eight walks so with the sample that I had at the time, and it, it, trust me, Ozuna was not slapping the skin off the ball by any stretch of the imagination, imagination. but two years prior, he was Marcelo Ozuna the monster. So I figured a bounce back was, was absolutely in play. I needed an outfielder. Uh-huh. Gonsolin can't hit the strike zone. And then it's almost as if, Gonsolin and Marcelo Zuna and the entire universe knew that I made the trade. Gonsolin said, oh, what? Nate Eckert traded me away? Oh, Catman is coming out to play. And my goodness, did he ever. He turned into arguably the best pitcher in baseball. And I watched every single <laughs> yeah. start. That's my point is you you may know too much uh, about uh, your favorite teams or your, the team you follow. Um, and then. When you trade away, it's a double whammy because I did trade away Acuna, you know, and uh, in that Donaldson trade, and that was a double whammy, you know, and I had to to get him back. But right. The same thing for you. 
trading away your guy, it's it's doubly painful. So remember, we're doing all this for fun. So <laughs> be careful when you trade away your own team's yeah. prospects. Yeah, this is um, a ton of fun. A ton of fun, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's a couple of bad ones. I'll go uh, just list them off for you, and then I'm sure you'll have some some fun things to say to me about it. Um, all right. Okay, this took place. This must have taken place when Moniac was drafted. Okay. Uh, oh no. This, oh, is, no. Yeah, this involves me trading for Mickey Moniac. Mickey, Mickey. Yeah, who I loved, and again, I thought I I was obsessed with him because he was from the area that I was from at the time. Ah, I gotta get yes. this guy. I love Mickey. Yes. So what? It, he got drafted. Yeah, this is like 2018. So. Mickey Moniak had a decent debut, horrible 2017, and then a pretty nice bounce back in high A where he was 20 years old and had five home runs, 270 batting average. This other player in 2018 had 14 home runs with a 286 batting average and 11 stolen bases as a 19-year-old in low A. And that guy's name is O'Neill Cruz. Oh, no. Oh no! That was a straight up prospect. Straight for prospect up, straight up, Moniac for O'Neill Cruz. Mm-hmm. Oh yikes! That one hurt. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So as much as I, and then here's another one. As much as I was bragging about getting Acuna and Julio Urias, I should mention that I did trade Julio Urias a little bit later. Uh oh. And I did not win this one. Um. <laughs> it was for an Kiebert Ruiz. <laughs> and Derek Fisher from the Astros. Oh no! Oh no! Julio but at the time, and this is this is tonight's phrase. At the time, Derek Fisher was crushing yeah, the ball, and Urias was. I mean, he was a throw-in in both of the not this deal, but like the other deal with Acuna. You know, mm-hmm. he, it was not the main reason, right? It was just right. Like, hey, I'll throw in this guy too, and we'll even it out. I mean, um. Again, the the common thread with some of these guys is their their age. Like what O'Neill Cruz was doing wasn't especially impressive, but as a 19 year old with the way he was built was quite impressive. Yes. Um, and then you know Julio Urias, no, it was he 19 and making his mm-hmm. debut in the majors mm-hmm. in 2016 and having yep. a 3.39 ERA. So like so that's pretty that's pretty good. Yeah. He didn't pitch much. Oh, this might have been after that, because it's like 2000. He had. Do you have an in? Uh, Tommy John. Uh, it wasn't Tom. He had an eye thing where I, he was out he, for a really long time. He only pitched time. 27 innings in 2017, 2018 combined. Yeah. So he was like, yeah. Interesting. And, like you can see why his value was up and down, but yeah. That yeah, was, for sure. He, and he is a pretty rare case. Uh, of a pitcher like overcoming those injuries and becoming an asset, right? Yeah, and he he was floating between uh you know high leverage uh, relief and starting ever so often like you know five innings here, five innings there, and then uh, being a setup man you know for a while. Doc Roberts did everything he could yeah. to mm-hmm. to screw up uh, Urias's uh, <laughs> career. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. He is a rare case of a player just not given, you know, and uh, and and just powering right through. And man, oh man, that uh, World Series basically made him into the man we know and love today. 
So we'll move on here to another listener email here. This is from Jeremy May, who's also been on our podcast a few times. This mm-hmm. is a nice lesson for hunting for saves and how much people can take you uh, for a ride because uh, it's going to involve Sean Doolittle. <laughs> um, and this is two, 2017. It's Sean Doolittle. It's Andrew Benatendi and Luis <laughs> Brenson. That's a... That's a lot of talent, really, at that time. Ben Attendee, still, I mean, still playing, was kind of a, a very young player at 2017. Remember, Luis Brinson was the next big thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you're getting the saves. And uh, yeah. Jeremy gave up Addison Russell. That seems good. Um, yeah. But he also gave up Ronald Acuna. <laughs> oh, man. God, that hurts. Ronald Acuna was interesting. His rise was so fast. Oh, it screwed a lot of people. <laughs> God, that oh, that hurts, man. That just really, really, really hurts. Mm-hmm. This Sean Doolittle and Ronald Acuna in the two in the same trade. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Honestly, like that's a really good trade for that other person at 2017. This is preseason 2017. So when we go back to. Acuna. I mean, I think we need to go back and see Acuna's ascent because I know he had a, a an amazing 2017, which vaulted him into top five status. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy that was signed for a hundred thousand out yep. of Venezuela in 2015. Yep. Um, and in 2000, pre thousand, so 2016, mm-hmm. he was a 18 year old who hit four home runs. And stole 14 bases and hit 312 in yep. low A in rookie ball. Yep. So, I mean, I don't remember top list at that time. I'm not going to go look it up right now. But um, it wasn't really until the next year, 2017, where he got all the way up to AAA that he was obviously a uh, can't miss. But yep. 2017, to get all of that for Ronald Acuna, I'm sure Jeremy was excited. Because you got your saves. You got a nice Ben Attendee young player and you got Luis Brinson who was probably a top 25 prospect at the time. So that's a, a ridiculous trade at the time that turned out a complete 180 for Jeremy. Right. That's yeah. an interesting one. Yeah. I mean time time can either, you know, make you uh, a god or it can absolutely kill you. It's fascinating. Yeah. So okay, I, I we're getting a little long, so I'm just going to I I did the research and I got these and I want to share them. So I have a few more left. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and alternate good and bad for you here. And then um, if you have any others to share, you can let me know. So this one is a good one for me. Um, I was going to give up uh, Cody Hosey. And you remember him, right? Oh, yeah. I'd rather forget him. Hosey or Ho- is Hosey, right? Wasn't Hosey. Yeah, Hosey. Hosey. Um, and Trevor Larnick which is a mm-hmm. you know, decent player still to this day, but it got me Jazz Chisholm about 2018. Wow. 18, 2018, yeah. Wow. So that was a nice one. I still have Jazz on that team still to this day. Wow. Um, but here's a bad one. This was Okay, so this was the first one that I did in a dynasty league that was like uh-huh. big in 2000, and right when we started, so 2016, 2017. Yep. Um and I just didn't realize that, you know, prospects were going to be 
something. <laughs> I just kind of said, oh, they're they're <laughs> they're so hit or miss. So yeah. I, and to be honest, the two prospects I did trade were hit or miss. It was Socrates Brito, uh-huh. Tyler yeah. Austin, and oh, a guy wow. named Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Oh wow. So um, I was able to get R.A. Dickey and Josh Tomlin for those. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, Dickey did give me some innings, but (laughs) that was a poor one. Oh, man. Oh, yikes. Mm -hmm. Oh, All right. So as dumb as I am, and I got to get back on your good side here. Okay. so this one Mm -hmm. involves Bryce Ball as well. And that's a good reminder that he was a, you know, these hot topic mm-hmm. guys that don't really have the stats to back it up, but have good springs or have some highlights that are really good. I don't know if that's worth it, but Bryce ball certainly had those highlights in that spring training where he was, Oh my oh, yeah. gosh, this is the next kind of thing. So yeah. I traded away. This is to a Braves fan. I believe, I think he was the Braves fan in the league. Mm-hmm. Bryce ball, Nick Madrigal, and Taylor Walls. Um, yeah. And Walls isn't, I mean, he's coming around now. But that got yeah. me Tyler Soderstrom. Ooh. Which would be good enough there. But yeah. I also got him to throw in Michael Harris as well. No. Mm-hmm. The Whoa. Brady. Yeah. Michael Harris the second. Wow. Mm-hmm. Michael Harris and Soderstrom for Bryce Ball, Taylor Walls, and Nick Madrigal. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Well played. Well played, my friend. As good as that was, let's go to a bad one here. (laughs) So this was from the same guy that I stole Acuna from, so I don't feel too terribly for it. If I do Acuna for this player, it's almost even. That's how good this player is. Um, Uh Before I tell you his name, I gave up this player in exchange to get Eric Hosmer and Clint Frazier. (laughs) And this is the player that's on the same level as Acuna, and his name's Kyle Tucker. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. He was Clint an Astros Frazier. fan. Yeah. Clint Frazier and who? Eric Hosmer. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Tucker. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's the same thing. Like, he was like your Dylan Cease guy where he was a Houston fan from Houston. Yep. He knew all about Tucker, and I was like, oh, sure, yeah, you can have him. Yeah, sure. I need Hosmer. Yeah. All right, so I'm an idiot, but let me see if I can <laughs> prove it to you one more time. Yep. All right, so uh, this guy in our league, he trades so much. Like, it's a crazy <laughs> amount of trades, and so some of my strategies are to just, like, always reject them until he just gives me one that I love. Yeah. And I make, you know, make fun of him and stuff like that. This is a strategy. So... <laughs> It was uh, Zach Godley, Robinson Cano, <laughs> and Marwin Gonzalez for a switch hitter named Jose Ramirez. No. Wow. Oh, my God. That's. Yeah. Well, had what a tough you... start, too. Don't forget that. That was yeah, probably 2018, but... I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, so but you... really, I mean, that didn't last very long, though. No. He, he figured things <laughs> out. He's an interesting case as well. Coming up in 2017, having a very uninspiring 2014, a very horrible 2015, a decent year in 2016 with no power, 
Um, and then a 2000 and it must have been 2019 that this happened because he was hitting 255. That year. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of bad years. Guys, no, so, yeah. I don't know what this yeah. what he was thinking, to be honest. No. Yeah, that's that's craziness. That's a bad one. And I'll leave you with a, a bad one of my my own. And this is, mm-hmm. again, why we shouldn't trade our beloved players away. It's not a Cunha, but if you're a Braves fan. Right now, the uh, the only other guy that's even close to Acuna on this team, um, I traded away in exchange for Francisco Martez and Michael Waka. And <laughs> that guy is Austin Riley. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not Waka. Oh, no. Oh, no. That one's bad. That was really bad. I should know better than and that's so what happens. I think this happens with you. It's like, I don't trust, like, I don't want to live my life with my favorite team's <laughs> prospects thinking they're going to be amazing. And then they right. suck. Like I'd rather yeah. be the other way around. And I did this with Spencer Strider too. That same guy that traded me, Jose Ramirez offered uh-huh. me Spencer Strider. I don't know how many times. And I just was oh. like, no, there's no, no. way Strider is <laughs> going to do anything ever. And he's like, trust me, he's super good. I'm like, no, I'm a brave fan. Trust me. Strider is, is nothing, and that was bad. I host the podcast, damn it. I know my shit. I know my stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Your own wow. Tough. Well, thank you. Yeah, it, it is a blessing and a curse, is it not? Because then every time you saw Austin Riley from that point forward, mm-hmm. you just wanted to throw your remote through the television, right? Yeah. 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 I was able to get... Um, an Austin, Austin rally back in another league for a good deal, but I, I don't have that one. Re- I had it on my other sheet, but it was something like, um, oh gosh, just, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a good trade to get Riley back in another league. So I feel good about that, but that's good. That's I'm good. I want to look it up again. We're at that end of the episode where it's like, I, if you're listening, you're, <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> like my mom is listening right now. <laughs> that's about it. Was it? I have two. I have two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give me uh, some of yours. I, ha- I have two. I have two stories. Um, it's the 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 best of uh the waiver wire ads that you could have, and the worst drop that you could have ever had. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this is um. When was when was uh, Pete Alonso's rookie year? Was that 2019? 2018? Yeah, 2019. 2019. Okay. It's 2019. Um, I drafted Alonzo in my redraft league, like in the 21st round. I also drafted a really good team. And after the draft, all my boys, we always do this like conference call thing and everybody talks, you know, crap and, you know, yada, yada. And then, so at, Toward the end of the conversation, somebody says, Nate, Pete Alonzo, who the hell is that? And I said, oh, he's only going to lead the league in home runs one of these days, fellas. Don't worry about that. Because I saw his Futures game performance where he had a home run that is legit. Um, the, the, the highest launch angle, the highest height of a home run hit with the highest exit velocity 
and the longest distance. He hit that home run in the Futures game. And I thought to myself, that guy is like Hercules. I can't say it, but, you know, it's like Hercules. This kid is Hercules with a bat. So I told him that story, thinking to myself, these idiots, you know. And then I read the report about half a week later that said that Alonzo wasn't even guaranteed uh, every day at bats. And somebody came up on the waiver wire that I thought uh, would benefit my team. And lo and behold, I dropped Alonzo to the same guy who asked me who the hell is Pete Alonzo. <laughs> you convinced he, him. He picked him up off the waivers. He didn't even let it clear. He got him off the waivers. I didn't even get the chance to get him back because he was on waivers. And I knew the second I dropped him that I really had dropped it. I knew it. I just, I knew it. And then from that point forward, it was also a keeper league. That was also the first year that it became a keeper league, this redraft league. So we, at the, at the very beginning of our uh, keeper dumb, it was uh, three keepers, you know, which is not even really a keeper league, but whatever. So he, he then kept Alonzo for the next three years. And for the next three years, every time I saw an image of Pete Alonzo, <laughs> I basically swore, you know, for like five minutes and yeah. uh, and gave me the worst taste in my mouth ever. And But on the flip side of that, um, in 2017, in April, on April 10th, I picked up Cody Bellinger off the off the wire, and then April thirteenth, I picked up Aaron Judge, <laughs> and those two had the best rookie seasons. And I mean, historically, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was it. I mean, the the two most home runs hit by two rookies uh, ever up until that point, and uh, I won that year, obviously. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so there's there's things that happened good and fancy and there's things that happened bad. And, and hopefully you guys, if anybody's listening, uh, hopefully there's more good than bad. Yeah. And it, it's fun to go back and check. I'm te- uh, taking a look at Alonzo and Bellinger before they came up. Like Bellinger hit 30 home runs as a 19 year old in high a mm-hmm. very, very impressive. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, so that that age really does matter. And now Alonso actually is a little, little reverse of that. He was always older yeah. for yep. his for his year, but 36 home runs in 2018. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you are. That's pretty good. So yeah, that's big time. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Okay, I found the Austin Riley one uh, just to make sure that you know people continue to listen to us because <laughs> can, can see, all of your credentials haven't been completely yeah. lost. So. <laughs> Um, in the other league, I was able to get Austin Riley back for stud top 10 prospect Hunter Bishop and <laughs> and Bryce Wilson. Oh, nice. Very yeah. well played. Yeah. Very well played. I still friend. have that Austin Riley, which is fun. So, nice. yeah, trades are fun. I think that we can do overkill. I think we can do underkill, too. The Spencer Strider is a great idea. Like when people are really pestering you with trades like uh-huh. let them go and bid themselves up i think that's a great oh. strategy don't mm-hmm. become obsessed with players that's my advice yeah absolutely um, diversify absolutely. in your that's why you have more than one dynasty league and um seek out 
those, those homers. I think that's a good one too. Like that guy wanted Bryce Ball in uh, the Braves fan. You know, he wanted Bryce Ball. And I'm mm-hmm. a Braves fan too, but I was like, well, if you if you want him that badly, I'll I'll that's fine. So right, oh. totally. Okay, Nate, that's gonna do it for us here on Futures Focus. Um, thanks for listening again. We'll be back weekly from here on out. No more spring breaks. So thank you for getting through this episode. If you got it this far, and if you could go ahead and follow us on Twitter prospects, 1500. And if you could leave a review and five stars, if, uh, if it feels it tickles your fancy, that'd be much appreciated <laughs> as well. So really do appreciate the support. Future's focus, Nate Eckert. My name is Alex Sanchez. We'll see you later.